welcome back to another episode of the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed, and I'm here today with Claire. Hiya. With Paul. Hello. And with Nick. Hello. And today we are tackling another huge topic, and today it is forgiveness. And we've just had a bit of a chat about all the various avenues we'll go down, and I think we've picked another one that could go absolutely anywhere, and we're all a little bit nervous. Uh, so we're going to start somewhere very safe. We're going to start somewhere quite fun with our fun facts about forgiveness. And we're all going to share a fun fact that we have found on the topic of forgiveness. But before we get into that, I'd just like to quickly mention the listener group. So if you are listening to this podcast and think, actually, I'd really like to engage further, I would like to discuss this with people who uh, may have different opinions, may have um, more insight in different places or different experiences, then we'd really like to host some of those conversations in our listener group on Facebook. To find that, if you go onto Facebook and search SSOM Listener Group, you sh should find it quite easily. And then just ask to join and we'll let you in. And we're really hoping that we can have some really good conversations and carry on these um, topics and uh, conversations in that space. So please do make sure you join that and carry on the conversation there. So now back to our fun facts on forgiveness. Who wants to go first? Paul. I'll go first. Thanks for volunteering, Paul. There's a little voice in my head saying my name, I think. Um, <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. So my fact is um, very British. Um, the average British person says sorry um, about eight times a day. Ah, only eight. Sorry, did, did I get that wrong? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> See what you've done there. Um, yeah. I'm very witty. Very witty. Um, I think that's like it's a little bit skewed because sometimes you just say sorry when you mean like excuse me, don't you? It's not always an yeah. apology, but I think it is, yeah, used a lot. We are very polite in this country. Yeah. Sometimes thinly veiled politeness, I think it is. Though. Yeah. I think there's just boiling rage underneath. <laughs> we don't know what to do with. <laughs> uh, what's our next um our next fun fact about forgiveness. Oh, mine's linked to sorry as well um, oh. from Paul. I, I took to uh, where I usually go for inspiration, and that's Justin Bieber and um, his album Purpose, which I still regard as one of the best albums of all time. Um, but the song is quite a claim, but it, it's true. Um, the song Sorry from the album was the first um, record to stream over 100 million times in the UK. So that's my fact. Well, there you go. I didn't know that. Uh, Claire. So there's been lots of research done into animals and whether they forgive each other. And it turns out that cats are the one animal they've studied that show no sign of forgiving each other. So there you go. That absolutely wow. rings true. Yeah. I, I just want to know what tests they did for this. How did How did they measure repentance and forgiveness in, in cats <laughs> that is a very good point did they steal their food and you know some sort of food clearly maybe yeah wow uh yeah so my fact i'm going to pose in the form of a question and it's a bit of trivia here and i'd like to know how many times how many times the word forgive is used in the Bible. And this is a really tricky question because of various translation issues. So we're going to be very specific here. We're going to say, in the contemporary English version of the Bible, how many times is the word forgive used? 
That's a shame because I only know the answer for the message translation. Well, that's why I thought Paul knows all of it about the message, so we're going to have to go with something else. A what lot. do you think? A I'd, lot. I'd say like uh, 150. 150. It's at least seven. You're right. Uh, can can I get a more specific answer? <laughs> more than seven. I'm sure you could get a more specific answer. Um, well, I'm going to go one. for. 214. 214. Okay. I'm thinking 525. May have 525. Well, I, I have to tell one of you is remarkably close. One of you is, yeah, incredibly close. Only eight off, in fact. And uh, that person is Paul. Uh, the answer is 206. See, now it's I'm the really... message. The message I was <laughs> thinking of. That's it. I'm now really trying to work out whether I got that eight off right. Was I was terrified my maths wouldn't check out, but I think it's okay. Um, you count yeah, them all, Ed. So, um, yeah, it's forgive, uh, <laughs> forgive, and then... For- <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. Those are our fun facts on forgiveness. Oh, we didn't even realise it alliterates. Um, maybe, maybe there's someone else. Uh, let's move on with the show. Maybe we'll return to more fun facts for a different topic another day uh but today we're moving on to our first question and that is over to paul yeah so my question um is quite a broad one um so i'm going to start it with just what is forgiveness and um moving on from that what is the point of forgiving someone what does it do for the forgiving and the forgiven Ooh. so i found a little quote you know about what forgiveness is and apparently psychologists reckon it's a conscious deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group who has harmed you regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness wow it takes in a lot there both the kind of the person who is offering forgiveness and the person who is i say seeking forgiveness but obviously sometimes people aren't seeking forgiveness mm. And so the, the impact on that is so broad. Yeah. Yeah, I went, I went psychologist as well. Um, and it, largely the same. Um, the bit that kind of stuck with me was um, the fact that it's viewed as a choice psychologically. Um, so de Blasio, which I thought was an excellent name, that's why I stuck with it, um, said that forgiveness is viewed as an act of will, a choice to let go or to hold, which I think is quite a good sort of imagery yeah that's interesting i in prep for this i went back to um what what i was shown in almost every kind of bible study as a teenager which was the numa videos by rob bell i don't know if you're familiar of the, with them but um there's one and it's called luggage and it's him you know walking around a, an airport with bits of shots of luggage going off in different directions it's all very arty and in that, he, he says, um, to forgive is to let, let it go, is to set them free, is to give up on the desire for revenge. Ultimately, to really forgive someone, I need to be able to wish them well. If I can't do that, I'm just waiting for them to be punished, which I thought was interesting as well. Like Actually, that he, he's saying you've got to actively be able to wish them well, not just, you know, give up on the desire for revenge in some sense. Um that's really interesting thinking about that because that's kind of from the angle of what it does for the other person and letting letting yeah. them go. 
But I think increasingly becoming aware that the forgiveness is about when we've been hard done by, when we've been hurt and releasing ourselves. Yeah. And we often think perhaps, well, I think in terms of that forgiveness, it's a difficult choice for us to forgive because we're, because we're kind of giving them something that they don't deserve, perhaps maybe think it in that way. But actually, forgiveness and that letting go is letting go of the hold they have on us, potentially, mm. maybe. Yeah. I, th- I think that's how I've mostly seen forgiveness as being about the, f- the person who is doing the forgiving. I think it's a- about... That, that's quite a, a powerful analogy Ed, that, that Rob Bell uses about just letting, you know, a bag of whatever it is, hate, rage, just letting it go and letting it, you know, go and fa- find its own cause. Um, so, f- yeah, the way I've always thought about it is, is not being... Because you can get tied up about worthiness of forgiveness and all the rest of it, and well, I don't want to forgive them because they don't deserve it, and that's kind of the point, isn't it? That if you choose to forgive someone, then generally they don't they don't deserve it, um, or they've obviously done something to to wrong you in the first place. So, so for me, forgiveness has been about the benefits it has for the forgiver rather than what it does for the forgiven. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that that thing of letting go of those things that actually bind you and if you're, you know, caught up with rage and constantly thinking about this person that's harmed you or wronged you in some sense, that 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 is holding you back, isn't it? That that sense of wanting things to be uh, put right, wanting things to be um I guess not even put right, but because yeah, that that we've got to create a separation there between I guess justice and consequence and forgiveness because forgiveness isn't always isn't about saying okay that we're going to relieve that person of all consequence for actions and I think we're going to go on to talk about that in in later questions but um forgiveness yeah is is that that thing is it that grudge that is kind of bearing you down is holding you back and can you free yourself by letting go of it yeah exactly I think the 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 other person uh, or the other is is not going to feel that hate in the most instance anyway. It's, it's the only thing it's going to do is damage yourself. So, so it, for me, it's a it's a really logical and less emotional thing. I think, um, although obviously you can get lots of things that get tangled up in situations, but I think it's a very it's it's a choice that you have to make aside from emotion if that makes sense hmm. it's not always it's not as possible i think but yeah i think it releases some of the emotions that are sort of attached to to an event yeah yeah exactly um, and it, i think it can be for both parties as well for the forgiver and the forgiven um to be forgiven for something it, that might you might feel guilty for or it's really weighing on your mind and bringing you down to be forgiven might release you from that a little bit in a positive way yeah, I think there's like that's almost like a byproduct, isn't it? That the other person then you can either, if you want to repair the relationship, you can do that, or if you want to, you know, if you're then just happy just to let that person go, then it gives you that that, um, that closure, I suppose. Um, and then there's a benefit for both parties. Then I, I think that, that I'm not saying it's it's aside from any benefits from the uh, from the person who is being forgiven. Um, because yeah, I think, but I think that does come as a byproduct rather, rather than the main, the main point of it. 
and I guess it's different in different situations in terms of does the person does the person who's wronged you are they seeking forgiveness do they not care about your forgiveness or do they not even realize they've done the thing that needs forgiving and so the impact upon them will be different so at some point it will mean nothing to them if they don't even realize they've wronged you or have no concern for forgiveness but then if they're seeking that forgiveness it does as you say offer that opportunity for that relationship to be reconciled yeah yeah definitely and yeah, I can think of times in my life where I've done something wrong or I've I've um, wronged someone in some sense. And then I, I've thought, oh, no, I really need to go to that person and make it right. And I've gone and spoken to them and they've actually said, you know, I've forgotten all about this. I, I, it, they weren't holding on to that. That wasn't a grudge um, for them. But actually, I needed to just check that, you know, we were OK and that I, they, I needed them to know that I knew that wasn't right or I needed to apologize. And actually, then that in that sense, forgiveness was in a sense i needed forgiveness from them to 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 i guess understand that the relationship had been reconciled and there wasn't something unspoken of there under the surface but maybe for them the forgiveness had happened earlier on but i just wasn't aware of it or um i don't know it's interesting that you make that distinction as well claire because i think sometimes the uh you can get caught up in forgiveness coming after an apology and, and waiting for that apology before that forgiveness happens. And similar to what you're saying, Ed, and some people are like, well, I couldn't remember it anyway, so mm. you know, it doesn't make too much of a difference um, to them, but obviously it has done for you. So there's like there's so many different angles and different directions that, you, that this can come from, from when you separate it out between you know people that you know, people that you don't know, situations where you'd want reconciliation, situations where you really wouldn't, um, and yeah, situations where you might never ever even see that person again, but but forgiving them would help you to to move on from whatever it was that's that's caused the hurt. And of course, there's also situations where there isn't actually someone else we're needing to forgive, but it's ourselves. Mm. And actually, that that is just a case of letting ourselves off the hook for stuff that we've done, um, and knowing that a God isn't holding these things against us. So maybe we shouldn't hold them again against ourselves. Um, so in that sense, yeah, it, it would be entirely about, you know, letting your, your, yourself let go of that luggage and that baggage. And I think that can be particularly hard in terms of forgiving yourself when you're still living with the consequences. And that's that difference, isn't it, between forgiveness doesn't release you of the consequences of what you've done or what someone's done to you. And it's that living in that tension. Mm. Yeah. I'm free, you're free from the, the sin or the guilt, but actually you're still going to live with the pain of the consequences sometimes. Yeah. It makes me think about this whole cancel culture thing that's going on at the moment. And you hear a lot about it in kind of American politics and all this, when someone's made a horrible mistake and then, you know, they lose their job, they lose all their friends, they lose all this. And the, the, the mainstream media just says this person is cancelled or... Uh, social media cancels this person is the phrase and often I've heard people kind of decrying that and saying actually no we, we need to allow room for forgiveness and I think we do but actually there, there has to be a recognition that although you know forgiveness might take place between those that have been wronged and those that are doing the wronging um, that there are consequences there are these things that actually if this if if this is a pattern of abusive behaviour or something like that, then there there need to be measures put in place 
to um, like boundaries to you know actually say this can't we need to protect people in the future and just because we forgive them doesn't necessarily mean that we have to allow those patterns of abuse and patterns of um, yeah I don't know know what other word for it but abuse to to continue. Would you say it's easier to forgive somebody else or forgive yourself? Asking for personal personal questions and blank faces. <laughs> I'll, I'll expand. I, I think, for me, it's easier to give someone else than it is to forgive myself. I, 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 I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, and, and obviously mistakes then weigh a little bit heavier. Um, so that can be that can be really hard for me um, to, first of all, yeah, understand well usually you can understand the situation but then being able to let yourself off the hook that's where it's difficult because for me that that mistake would usually lead me to beat myself up about it um so i think it's the outward forgiveness bizarrely is is a lot easier than the inward i don't know what you guys think of it could just be me now you've said it i absolutely agree (laughs) i wasn't sure when you asked (laughs) um yeah i think I, th- I think I'm similar in a lot of ways to that. I would definitely beat myself up about something I've done wrong, especially if it's got a detriment to someone else. Um, whereas I'm a lot better at seeing why someone's done something wrong or why someone's wronged me or someone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it's easy to say, well, I can understand where you're coming from, but sometimes yeah. you can't understand where we're coming from. <laughs> I guess it's that thing, isn't it? When we when we feel we need to forgive ourselves, we know that along the line somewhere we've made an intentional choice, whether we realised it at the time. And we had control over that, whilst if someone else has done something to us, we didn't necessarily have that control. So we did that, yeah. the regret. If only, I'd, if only I'd done that, if only I'd said that. Yeah, I, I can think of loads of things that, I, I, like mistakes I've made years and years ago that just every now and then pop up and you think oh yeah that, you're an idiot for doing that oh that was really stupid and I I don't know whether it's that I haven't forgiven myself over those things but it's actually just hard to just to let them go still and maybe maybe that is a thing of not completely forgiving myself over it but it's not something I've thought hugely about um when you first asked the question I thought oh actually I think it, I'd probably find it easier to forgive myself in lots of things when we're talking about big big stuff because I do know where I'm coming from and I know I know that I, I know usually the reasons why I've done things but it's harder to, to be empathetic with others but thinking about it I I actually hold on to things that I've done wrong long, longer than others and maybe that's a better definition than the one I of forgiveness than the one I defaulted to it's <laughs> tough so I've got the second question um for us and and my question is jesus says uh in matthew uh, that we should forgive someone 70 times seven so that's like bible code for like an unlimited amount of times is that suggestion that is that suggesting sorry that we open ourselves to be wronged several times Hmm. i'm going to start by not answering the question but just saying that i really like the word bible code (laughs) that's a trademark it that's a throwback to last last week's episode on language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you got to give a serious answer now, Paul. Yeah, I know. And I should have really thought about that before <laughs> making the silly answer. But um... Yes. Oh, interesting. I'd say no. Interesting. Oh. Why would you say no, Nick? Let's have to, let's get Paul and Ed to vote first, and then we'll go. Then we'll go. Ah, oh, I don't work in binaries, you know. <laughs> Non-dual approach. To I think I think I'm on Nick's side. I I'm no to opening ourselves to being wronged. Yes to forgiving someone unlimited. Okay. Oh wait, which question were you asking? The one that I asked, I think. <laughs> they're they're both. <laughs> Chaos reigns. I'd say, yeah, the reason I'd say no is that I think probably uh, you hinted upon it earlier, Ed, um, about those situations where sometimes letting go of whatever it is that's, that's happened can also include letting go of that relationship, that person, particularly when it comes to difficult uh, or like abusive relationships. I think sometimes it can be a... Um, uh, standard held that oh I just need to keep forgiving and and letting you know letting someone walk all all over you and I, I don't think that's what it means mm. by that um, but yeah uh, uh, depending on which side you're coming from I think I understand what you're going to say now Claire now I've just talked that through but go on <laughs> so I was I was I see where you come from to be fair as well but I was thinking from a wider perspective of just that realization that we live in a broken world and we hurt people and we get hurt. So yeah. in terms of, it's not being that doormat. I think kind of as you're saying, Nick, it's not. It's not recognizing that we should simply have to accept forgiveness and just forgive and forgive and forgive and not expect a change in behavior necessarily. Um, but it is that realization that we are gonna be hurt. That's what it is to be alive. Yeah. And as as I said, that I agree with Nick, and then Nick started talking, and then I thought. Oh, but Jesus says to turn the other cheek. So I'm straight on to, well, are we, uh, do we have to open ourselves up to being wronged? But that turn the other cheek is is actually a really clever example of nonviolent resistance, um, which which is a whole other thing we could do about this thing of um, third way nonviolence, where Jesus is actually offering really interesting solutions to stuff. So if you are if you were to get slapped with the back of the hand in that culture that was a sign of disrespect so a master would slap a slave with the back of their hand and that says that you are beneath me you're not worthy of the front of my hand and that turn the other cheek is to invite the return so if the master's in a fit of rage and you turn the other cheek you invite them to slap with the front of their hand kind of on the on the reswing which would then be a symbolic thing of them saying you are on the same level so it's non-violent, but it's also a form of resistance because in their rage, they've kind of made a fool of themselves. Um, so it's, I think that's a, that's a, it's an interesting example when we talk about forgiveness because it is opening yourself to be hit again, but it's actually a, for, it is a, that, that form of resistance to, to the abuser to say, actually, I'm not okay with the, with the way things are being treated here, but I'm not going to buy into this cycle of just revenge and getting back at you physically with, with violence myself. Well, I think that's accidentally turned into a really good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> I say accidentally. I didn't I, mean it. I mean, Jesus said it, so... Yeah. <laughs> I think as well, like, um, he does say turn your cheek, but I don't think he, he doesn't say duck out of the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. say don't do that. <laughs> so yeah. the, I think the yeah, end is space for for both, I guess. Yeah, I think that now we've talked it through, I think with this kind of a middle ground, which I think we, um, well, society more and more is 
offers binary solutions and there isn't often the binary answer to difficult questions. So, um, so yeah, I think we're kind of all on the same page with that. Can I reply to your question with a proverb? <laughs> Please. <laughs> every question. Uh, every question. Maybe we should start doing this more. <laughs> Proverbs and fun facts and episodes. That might that might work. Uh, so Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Nice. There you go. Um, so sometimes we need to set up boundaries. Sometimes we do need to allow consequences um, for people and not allow them to hurt us again. Uh, Otherwise, are we just the fool returning to our vomit or are they returning to their vomit? I don't know who who's who in that, but... <laughs> Someone just said vomit. vomit. That's, not, that's not okay either way. There's vomit and a dog and I don't want to be in that situation. So <laughs> just just leave. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Not vomit, obviously. But um, okay. when we forgive someone, I do think the re- relationship does change slightly or, or even significantly in terms of when someone does something wrong to us, if when it is repeatedly, that relationship dynamic does change, rightly or wrongly, perhaps. And so we have that awareness if we are in an abusive relationship or in or someone or a toxic relationship with whoever. Just because we choose to forgive them doesn't mean that we maintain that strength or that quality of relationship, which you probably said several times tonight. But I just <laughs> in terms of thinking about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a really important distinction to make, though, because. Like I say, I think sometimes in in church, in particular, like when you're younger and you're trying to wrestle with these ideas, sometimes there's that that kind of standard that you aspire to, and and that can get confused within within forgiveness, particularly that oh, well, I should forgive, so I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't, um, or I should, yeah, I should return to you know what I'm doing and and just forgive them and get it over and done with. But that's, I don't think that's um, it's really not healthy. It's really not helpful either. So I think it's really important to make that distinction. I think it's all, it's also quite helpful to think about what, what are the ways in which this teaching could be abused and what are the ways in which the church has abused this teaching? Uh, because there are so many examples of, of uh, women being told that if they're being beaten by their husband, they can't leave that relationship because they have to forgive um and that this teaching has been abused wildly in so many different places often by the church and you know we we like in in that luggage thing uh by rob bell the numa video he, he has this great phrase he says uh some people need to live with the consequences of what they've done this might be the only way god will get their attention and i think that's an interesting point but i think primarily in in those really severe things Actually, the the first thing is, are you safe? It's just let's get mm. to safety. If that means you know running and and you know thinking about forgiveness years down the line, do it. But that I I, I think often we make it the primary thing, and in so many situations that can be really difficult and really unhelpful. Definitely, definitely. There's I I love the story of from John eight about like the woman caught in adultery and she's brought before Jesus and. In the, in the law, they could stone her, they could kill her for what she'd done. But Jesus says, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And so obviously everyone walks away because recognising that everyone has sinned. But then at the end, he says, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. So it's recognising that, yeah, in that moment, there's forgiveness, there's no condemnation. But it's also that change of behaviour 
And I guess that's hard from us when we are see when we want to forgive someone else and trying to get them to change their behaviour and they don't change their behaviour. That is obviously when the pain comes and the the relationships do further get damaged and then it is that hard to forgive the 70 times seven. I think one of my favourite stories of people showing grace, I remember a, a woman who um, a son had been killed by a rival gang member um, and it was a, there was a, a trial in, in America about it and uh, the, the the judge asked the woman to go and the mum who just had a, a son had been killed. It's about as horrible a situation as you can probably get yourself into or not get yourself into but be in um and the the woman the 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 judge said what do you what do you think should happen to this to this young man who's killed your son and uh she made a request at the time that that's the 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 guy who'd killed her son came to have lunch with her every sunday like the son would do um Mm -hmm. and that was like so so he'd still serve his prison sentence but but every Sunday he and, and the judge granted it and every Sunday he went to to her house to have a meal with her at, at her request. Um mm. and I think that um it, it absolutely blew me away when I was reading that story of like ultimate forgiveness. And it's it's still, you know, there's still con- consequences to his actions. But um I think that's a really challenging amount of forgiveness for me to have for someone else. Yeah. Because absolutely, because mu- fortunately, much of our forgiveness, or what we've obviously been, all been hurt, but to the extent of having your son murdered, is a whole it takes a whole new level of ha- that reconciliation and that forgiveness. And what's the level of our, we're willing to forgive until? And that, Jesus doesn't give us that. He doesn't say, forgive as long as they haven't really, 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 really hurt you. It's like forgiving all circumstances, which is a really tough call. It's kind of pretty much just saying, yeah, forgive whenever you are wronged. That That's pretty much the crux of it, isn't it? And it doesn't say then go seeking that or just whenever you are, forgive. That seems to be the, the general rule. And that's if that's once and you're lucky, then great. And if that's a million times and you've, you've, you've got it really tough, then then that's... That's what he's, he's suggesting to me, anyway. That's that's how yeah. I read it. He, he doesn't also. He, he also doesn't give a time frame on those things. Uh, I think often when when someone's been wrong with something, you just have to forgive them and and just get on with it. But I, I I personally think sometimes forgiveness takes time, and that's all right as well. It doesn't have to happen then and there. Sometimes you've got to work through it and. Maybe you know, you know that's where you want to get to, or maybe at that point you don't think you want to get there. But um, yeah, I think we've got to allow allow things to to take a natural amount of time as well, not force people into kind of a, a pale forgiveness that that's only going to come back and hurt them later on. Definitely, when you're talking about like psychologically as well earlier, um, some situations people you know require therapy, counselling, and those kind of things. So to work through that before before forgiveness comes to me seems that seems really logical so it's that's it's really important thing to say at the end that there's not particularly a time scale on it it's not Mm. yeah it's not time critical and sometimes we make that decision perhaps in the moment that i choose to forgive but yet it's kind of that process as well and so in that moment you choose to forgive but that doesn't mean along the line there are going to be moments where maybe something happens to you again or you have to encounter that person where actually something within inside you 
still makes it that challenge where you think, no, I've got to forgive again, for even for one scenario. And it's not yeah. feeling guilty about the fact that it is it doesn't just wipe isn't just wiped away. It's still something within yeah. us. Yeah. That that's a really interesting idea as well, because that kind of indicates more of forgiveness being like a, a, a mindset we have as an active thing that we choose every day rather than a response to a situation. And Richard Raw, when he talks about forgiveness, he, he says forgiveness becomes a reality of forgiving reality for what it is, imperfect and flawed. Um, forgiveness becomes a reality of forgiving reality for what it is, imperfect, uh, imperfect and flawed. And that's and like he just the way he speaks of it is that actually when it is that that thing of forgiving reality for being broken and forgiving that for all those of us that exist within this brokenness are going to exhibit brokenness ourselves so um if we kind of value forgiveness that just becomes a sort of lens of how we view things that go wrong is that yeah it, it's we, we are forgiving reality itself in a sense which i think is an interesting thing and a bit yeah it's one of those where i read it i was like oh no, i need to think about that yeah that's deep <laughs> <laughs> so there's a verse there's a few verses in scripture that are really challenging and you don't quite know where to go with them and one of them to do with forgiveness is matthew 6 verse 15 and it says but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins so does our forgiveness from God rely upon us forgiving others? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because I've read, like, I know that verse and I've read that so many times. And I think sometimes when you read what Jesus has said, you just go, oh yeah, that makes sense. And, and just carry on with it. And then we've come back to it now after talking about forgiveness and that's, quite countercultural to a lot of the things that I think theologically we've talked about. Um, and again, I've started talking without really having an answer for what the question is. I just want to point out that I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 well, I say I like it. I also don't like it because it's really challenging. Will you forgive me? Um, I think <laughs> about it. It's a long process, Claire. I feel like my most honest answer to this is I, I don't agree. <laughs> um, and But it's in the Bible and Jesus is saying it, so it's really difficult. Um, but it it just doesn't feel consistent, if that makes sense, with who I understand Jesus to be. And, you know, guaranteed I do not have a full and complete and whole understanding of who Jesus is. Um, but, yeah, I still find it jarring reading verses like that um and i don't really have lots of answers for it i think yeah i'm with you ed um i'm just trying to i'm just trying to think it through what could he have meant by that and and all i can come up with is that the idea of separation mm. um that that anger and hate or whatever it is might somehow well, it would, I think, it would affect our relationship with God if we're so blinded by hate and, and anger. But that's, I mean, it's very active the other way, isn't it? It's not suggesting, it's not even suggesting that. So that's that's all I can read into it. That makes sense because I'm, I'm with you, Ed. It doesn't seem to be 
um, it doesn't seem to be the way Jesus generally operates, does it? Mm. I'm just thinking about the chronology of it and in terms of what order things happen in. Does, does, Je- so, does Jesus forgive us as long as we're prepared to forgive? Say if we decided for the first 30 years of our life we were prepared to forgive others <laughs> and so he forgives us then, but as soon as we stop forgiving others, does everything, does he stop forgiving us? And yeah, and it, it it calls into question this concept of grace as well, doesn't it? Because grace is that unearned, undeserved outflowing of forgiveness from God, and here it's got a con- it's got a condition, and it's got something that we need to do before we earn that. And therefore, does grace exist if this is if we take this literally? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, it's the chronology, Claire. Just um, we're all thinking along together here, aren't we? I, <laughs> I guess if you're looking at the Old Testament view of forgiveness from God, generally involving some kind of sacrifice and things like that, this is this is pre the death of Jesus, isn't it? Because he's saying it. Um, and it's not after the resurrection. Yeah. So does that then open the door for at this moment? However, there's something better coming, and that's happened, and now we don't need to worry about it a little bit too much. That's a that's a really good point that you make, actually, because I'm thinking about one of the last things Jesus said on the cross was, "Father, forgive, for they know not what they do." And at that point, Jesus is forgiving us, or therefore, well, us in terms of for when we know not what we do. And at that point, none of us have showed an inclination to forgive anyone. So, yeah, you may, so maybe, yeah, so that's a really good point, actually, in terms of was it all then done at the cross so we're now all sorted? I mean, it depends on how you look at the cross <laughs> as well. That's a whole other thing. Is, and, uh... And, uh, and on how you look at Jesus and God and how they work with time. Oh, man. Could you could you say there's a development in Jesus' teaching? Well, so he discovers what he really means. Yeah, I mean, if he's human, does he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't see any evidence of that anywhere else. Ed. <laughs> Do you not? There's, there's I a great. There, I I once heard someone talking about a story about um, in the Bible. I, I don't know don't know where it is, but it's about um, Jesus sat at the table and someone comes and he, he says. Um, Something about uh, this person says to Jesus, even the dogs get the scraps off the table or something like that. And then after that, uh, Jesus responds to them in a very different way to how he does at the start. And some people use that as a thing of actually Jesus has developed in his understanding that he's understood more about what he was sent to do, uh, which is is problematic. Because if we're saying God, Jesus is fully God, he needs, is he is he om, om, um, all powerful, all knowing, all the omnis? Or, and and does that mean that he can't be fully human? I mean, we've been, we're returning to the Trinity stuff here, but um, there's got to be some sort of development in Jesus, doesn't there? Because he's he's human and he's grown up as a child. There are things he wouldn't have known as a baby. Like, if you had asked five-year-old Jesus about the cross, does he know everything there? I don't it's a know. Good point, because he's often found in the synagogue learning and reading, and if he knew it all already, he wouldn't need to learn or read. 
We've gone way off point. Yeah. This has gone in a very different yeah. direction. Why question suddenly seems easy compared to this. When you said at the start, Ed, that this might go off on a tangent, that wasn't the tangent I was expecting to go Me off. neither. Me neither, no. I, wow. I think there is some strength to... Um, if you're not able to forgive other people and show God's grace, then you don't have a good understanding of God's grace. Therefore, your relationship with God isn't right. Yeah. And I'm tempted to put that down to a translation thing of your father will not forgive your sins being a way that at the time Jesus could make people understand that because they didn't have a a great understanding of the overwhelming grace of God. Yeah, and we, we we there's lots of really really loaded words in that thing. So like forgive is a really loaded word that we have a real understanding of, and sins as well are really loaded because um, I'm quoting Rob Bell a lot here, and I think I do it a lot in most episodes, but I do like him, and he talks about sin as we spoke about in the, in the sin episode being um, that separation from um, peace uh, or from. Shalom. Oh, what's the shalom? That's it. Yeah. So actually, breaking of God's shalom is what sin is. So, if we break God's shalom by refusing to forgive others, our our sh- or our understanding or our experience of shalom will be broken for ourselves. Could it be? Could that be any interpretation? I, I, we're drifting away. I think. I think that's where I sort yeah. of lean. But I think it does mean you have to make an assumption about the context without us going and doing a lot of studying and pausing the podcast now and coming back to it in two weeks when we've yeah. read Still everything there no is to read. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then needing to learn, you know, Greek and Hebrew and... Aramaic and everything, yeah. This is the whole thing about like, right, right relationship and right relationship with God and right relationship with one another and right relationship with ourselves. And I forgot where it is. In Matthew, I think Matthew 18, there's the parable of the unforgiving servant where one servant is forgiven a really big debt by his master, his boss. And then he goes and get, tries to get what he's owed off another servant, which is a lot less, and he won't let him off that debt. So he gets thrown in prison. And the, how illogical that is and how irrational it is where someone's let us off something, but yet we're not willing to let anyone off something even smaller than that. Perhaps that's where it's come from. There's a quote, C.S. Lewis. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Which is a challenge, mm. I feel. There's like four different ways of coming at that, isn't there? Oh, that's what we've just come up with now like on the fly, so I'm sure there are many more. Yeah. It'd be good, actually, if in the listener group, if you've got any way that you read that or if there's something that, we, that you think we might have missed, please let us know because we've all... At sixes and sevens. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty clear that we've not got a particularly strong answer to that question. So if if anyone wants to add or take away from what we've said, then the uh, then yeah, drop a comment on then um, we can have a discussion there. Okay, so that's all we've got time for on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as we've said just a moment ago please do let us know your thoughts in the listener group and if you want to find that go on to facebook and search ssom listener group and you'll find it there uh yeah until next time goodbye bye, bye. bye.